0: 15th, 2020, week 15 of the NFL season, the second round of the fantasy football playoffs. You're listening to the In Between Fantasy Football podcast, your destination for both some feel-good life advice and some average fantasy football advice. I'm your host, Seth Woolcock, joined by my co-host, Thomas Kuda, Nate Pulvo, and making his In Between Media podcast co-hosting debut scott rainier coming to us live from seattle washington scott you just joined the staff in the last week how you doing man uh how you feeling after week 14 of the season and uh can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself
1: sure yeah no i'm happy to be here Uh, i put pants on and everything for this tonight so (laughs) exciting um so yeah i'm from seattle um you know I'm a lifelong Seahawks Mariners fan. I've been playing fantasy football since about 2006. Joseph Adai was my first ever first round pick. Um, and I'm very excited to join the in-between media group, this team. It's been a lot of fun. I latched on with you guys pretty early on, you know, way back three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's It's been a wild ride. I've been having a lot of fun. Um, my... My week 14 went pretty well actually um, on the massive and muscular shoulders of Cole Komet. I, I made it into <laughs> semi with that team, um, a, a two point victory sweating it out at the end of Monday night football. Like I imagine a lot of people were sweating things out at the end of that game. Um, another league I already had a buy and I'm really, really worried about week 15. So, um, and then third league also
0: had a bye. So I'm, I'm in three semis. Yeehaw. Let's go, man. Let, Not bad. It, yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy year for us so far. Uh, Scott, we appreciate you being here, man. Uh, we appreciate you bringing uh, your cool commit loving face back to us once again. <laughs> uh, it's kind of an inside joke for anyone who caught our in between media uh, live stream between the holidays stream on Friday that was an awesome time. So uh excited to see that. That a lot of great voices from the industry coming together for that. Um, Nate, Tom, how are you guys doing today as we as we roll ahead onto the fantasy football playoffs? Yeah, I'm doing
2: pretty freaking great. As we'll discuss in a few moments, the playoffs went very well for me so far this week. No, no complaints. It's also nice to have Scott here. It's nice to have someone else who shares my deep. Uh, appreciation of mr russell wilson
0: (laughs) (laughs) nate how are you doing over there
3: (laughs) i'm great man uh i'm in two playoffs i'm pretty stoked about it one of them i co-manage with jen and it's a 16 team startup dynasty idp league and we're going to the championship this week so and then our league i unfortunately beat jen (laughs) yeah i saw that (laughs) I didn't like, I didn't not try and win. I just hoped she'd be better and beat me. Not be better. God, that's not what I meant. I love you. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Nay, all, all I have to ask is how's the couch been the last couple of nights? Fortunately, we have a
3: nice couch.
0: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it was a wild week, uh, week 14 for everyone. Probably one of the most wild ones I, I've ever been a part of. And what would you expect? Anything less from 2020, uh, guys. We're gonna break it down for you on the show today. We are jam packed. Uh, we're gonna be taking questions here just in a couple minutes. So if you have any, feel free to j- drop them in the chat. Um, we're gonna lead off with some weekly advice: how to cope, how to deal with, uh, you know, a bad loss in week 14. And if you're still in it somehow, miraculously, I know a couple of us pulled off some big upsets here uh, in week 14. So uh, how are you dealing with that? We're gonna talk about matchup management who are some big guys uh maybe some, some first round picks that, that we're sitting here in week 15 and we're gonna round it out with some sure things sleepers of the week at guys who we think uh most people are, are underestimating going into into the playoffs here but uh all right guys l- let's get to some questions uh if we don't have any in the chat looks like we have a bunch coming in from uh twitter well let's get to our first
3: one um Is this the week – I think, Scott, this is more of a question for you. Is this the week to bench Russell Wilson? I picked up Tannehill as of now, and he is starting. What do you think? Mm. Our Seattle? I think it's more of a question for Scott and Tom, but more Scott because you're in Seattle.
1: (laughs) I, you know, my fellow Seahawk diehards probably won't like this, but I personally would ride the Tannehill roller coaster this week. Um, The Washington football team – I just this Russell and the Seahawks have uh, kind of been a deer in the headlights a little bit with good defenses lately. Um, I mean the Giants, the Giants really kind of knocked them on their ass, and it's really hard for me to ever say to sit Russell, but right now I'm I'm bullish on Tannehill. I have been. I stashed him in a couple leagues. Um, I'm in one super flex league, and I grabbed him a while ago just for this run. Um, I would go Tannehill. Yeah, it's a weird awesome. thing to say, but yeah. 2020. You know,
2: listen, i feel like scott and i are like soul like just uh, like in tune on this one right now because like you guys know i've pumped Tannehill. like i love the dude forever at least this whole off season like coming in the year yeah year, like i mean this uh, russell wilson always gets like this like it seems like every year this time this time of year we talked about that yeah. like a week ago so like i i full agree with scott like if i have Tannehill, i'd I'd go for it. Like, you got to put it all out there right now. You want to win, not watch your team suffer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I
0: I worry. I worry just about just a little bit, guys. Like this, this is a matchup where you would expect the Titans to get ahead early. And, you know, it's Yeti season guys. Like Derrick Henry is out and and this is the time of year where they really ride him. And uh, I don't know. Can you really, can you really sit Russell Wilson? Like I know the matchup is definitely better for Tannehill on paper, but at the end of the day, and, and you're definitely right, Tom, about the fact that we've seen it every year, him get cooler and cooler. But I guess at the end of the day, like, who are you willing to trust more? In this situation, I
3: think it is Ryan Tannehill for me. He's not in Gase's system anymore. I had to get my weekly, like, Gase smash in, of course. <laughs> but, like, see, I mean, how good has Tannehill been once he got the nod over Mariota in Tennessee? like a far superior quarterback to what the second pick in the draft. And at what point do you realize like he's a good quarterback, not on par with Russell Wilson, but the matchup says.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm, you know, obviously I watch the Seahawks every single week and I am concerned about that defensive line facing off against the Seahawks offensive line. Um, Mm. The point about Tannehill and Derrick Henry, I mean, luckily on a few of the teams where I have Tannehill, I also have Derrick Henry. So lucky me. You know, either way works for me. But the way I see that is with somebody like Derrick Henry, it just, they're going to be in the red zone more often. They're going to have those scoring opportunities more often. And yeah, uh, you know, Derrick Henry could rush for three touchdowns, but the more you're in that red zone, the more chance you have for Tannehill to throw those touchdowns or run for them himself. So right. I, just, I just see it, you know, I I think about that all the time, the, you know, big lead, they'll run it. Um, ask David Montgomery about that one. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes they keep passing it. So, um, you know, I see some comments. Don't don't bunch Russ. It really is painful for me to say this. It really is. In the semifinals, when in December, Russell is usually magical, but they've just been they've been beaten by good defensive lines lately.
2: I mean, it's also not like we're saying. at least not for me anyway. Like I'm not saying like go pick up Jalen Hurts and play him over Russell Wilson. It's just like if you have somebody who has a bigger ceiling, then he'll probably have against yeah. Defense, like, yeah,
0: I'm gonna agree to disagree with you guys. I I think I'm still rolling Russell Wilson here. Uh, I'm sticking with Tyler on that one. I just think I know the Washington front is scary. Chase Young is for real. We know that we saw it last week when he got his first touchdown. Like, there's no doubt about Chase Young and and this Washington team, they're legit. But I think with Russ, with them getting so much pressure, I think Russ is gonna have to get out of the pocket and scramble more. I think he's gonna rush for maybe more yards. Than than we're accustomed to seeing, so uh, we'll agree to disagree on that one. But but Nick, it, to get you an answer here, Nick's saying he has AJ Brown with Tannehill, so there's a stack. So it's either you're going all in or you're go or you're not. But I, <laughs> dude, that's a that is a yeah, stack.
1: I like that stack this week a lot. Is this where I say I have Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and AJ Brown going this week? on Ooh. One team. <laughs> Oh, man. Man. It's, it's, it's,
2: in one basket. it's eggs in one basket, but man, it's a pretty basket. It is a pretty <laughs> basket. <laughs> I have right, Tannehill and uh, Henry in one league too, so I'll be rolling them both
0: out. You have to. I hey, can't beat that. can't beat that. Um, g- guys, so uh, staying with the Seahawks here, should I consider benching Chris Carson and Tyler Lockett? Tyler Lockett's been a huge disappointment over this back half of the season. I mean – hasn't been in the top 20 of receivers what maybe once in the last seven weeks
3: yeah he hasn't been great but DK Metcalf's been so good they haven't needed him to be great
1: well last I mean last week Russell basically threw a touchdown to everybody but Lockett so I mean it has been it has been disappointing I mean it obviously depends on your other options but I think Tyler Lockett is super risky right now earlier in the season after that big giant game he had that one big game, and I was back on the, oh, you, you can't sit him. Like I was with DJ Chark earlier in the year. I was like, you can't sit him because then you're going to miss that blow-up game. But it's been so many games in a row of disappointment that we're talking semifinals now. Like, I don't I, – if I if if I don't have any other option, I'll start Tyler Lockett. But I don't want to.
3: No.
2: Yeah.
3: I wouldn't feel comfortable with it.
2: Well, let's just put it this way. All right, if you were – like, if you had the choice, are you starting, like, Tyler Lockett or, like – I know we'll talk about him a little later in the show, but this is like the one, like someone I think is like hot on my mind right now is Brandon Ayuk. Like, which one are you going to start this week? I no brainer for me. I yeah. Like if I'm if that's where I'm at right now, then I feel like yeah, I'm definitely comfortable benching Lockett if I got somebody.
0: Don't bench him for nothing though. He still has a
2: yeah, ceiling. Yeah, no, not you- for nothing. You have to have a reason to. But if you're like on the fence between him and someone with slightly less name value that's doing better.
0: Go for it! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, moving forward here, guys. Um, th- this comes to us from Mugs Fly Together. Um, Jalen Hurts versus the Cardinals or Taysom Hill at Chiefs. No. Um, oh. well, Jalen, Hurtz. Hurtz. Jalen yeah, Hurts.
3: Jalen Hurts.
0: <laughs> Jalen Hurts,
3: man. I yeah, love Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I'm so excited he I'm finally excited got his Jalen chance. Hurtz. He's such Would a. You? He's just such a. Good quarterback, and he's so mobile. And there's an—I mean, if you're between Taysom Hill, I'm not going to tell. Don't start Jalen Hurts over Ryan Tannehill, even Russell Wilson, but over Taysom
0: Hill, absolutely.
2: You guys, you guys act.
0: (laughs) You guys act like Taysom Hill's been like a scrub. This guy's this guy's been a top ten quarterback for the last month now. Like like what's the what's the big beef with Taysom Hill? So for me, it's that we've seen NFL
3: defenses have now seen what he can do and they can start to package and stop him from doing what he can do. It's like Tim Tebow. I mean, Tim Tebow was really good, but he got some really lucky breaks too. Like uh, I think Chicago fumbled the ball with like 45 seconds left and he got a win there because of that. Taysom Hill, I just don't think is anything but a gadget guy. He's gotten a shot at quarterback. Defenses have seen him. (laughs) <laughs> They've been able – they can limit him because they're limiting Kamara with Taysom Hill in – or Taysom Hill's limiting Kamara. I would just a 1,000% Jalen Hurts.
2: Yeah, I mean even if you know, we've – like Seth is right and Hurts and like Hill are on an equal level of skill, Hurts still has the element of surprise. Like defenses don't have him figured out yet. He's, he's got the benefit of the doubt here and a good offensive scheme. Like I'm sure they're going to do some weird stuff and get him points, get him an open field
0: right all right well I I guess we'll disagree (laughs) on this one again I mean I I I think Jalen Hurts has the better matchup here for sure but like Mm -hmm. you're getting risky. like like he has one he has one start he has one game of of a track record like at least we've seen it consistently with Taysom Hill his floor is about 15 points what is Jalen Hurts is I don't know I don't want to find out I don't think I'm willing to find out over Taysom Hill (laughs) Same. Okay. Taysom Hill's
3: starting to turn in. He looks like he's about to turn into a turnover machine. And that would be my biggest concern because then you're just not on the field as often.
1: Well, and I, I mean the Tebow comparison, not necessarily a direct comparison, but for me it rings true. I mean, I was lucky enough to have a team way back when and start Tebow in a few games, which was good and bad. I'll talk more about that in a minute, but it reminds me of it in the way that, you know, I watch, I'm not impressed and then he ends up with 19 fantasy points. That's how Tebow was every game. It was like I watched, wasn't very good, but he always ended up in a, a lot of it to, is to do with the rushing and the rushing touchdowns, um, which, you know, I, I guess could be somewhat sustainable for him. I mean, they have those plays designed for him to run, obviously. But this is one of them. I mean, for me, this is one of those that's a little bit of a gut call too. I know that there's more track record on Taysom Hill, and I know what his average points per game are. I know Jalen Hurts has only played one game. But... It's it's a little bit of a gut. I just think Jalen Hurts is gonna, I think he's gonna be better. That's
2: just my <laughs>
1: that's my feeling on it. That's, that's shootout. fine.
2: It's him against another running mobile quarterback who likes to throw long bombs. Like the two of them are it's just a destiny match. It's like one of the you just know it's coming.
1: Well, and he, I think, you know, I love Miles Sanders. A week ago, everybody hated Miles Sanders, and Jalen Hurts made everybody love Miles Sanders again. So, you know, I mean there's that there's that aspect too. That that offense just looked different it just, yeah, something clicked.
0: okay. okay well, yeah
1: Seth, I'll put it this way it's it, the way we kind of scoffed at the question'll I'll, I'll walk that back a little bit. It's close, but I'm going Dylan hurts.
0: fair enough. fair enough. Uh, question coming in from our boy Herms here how much fab are we spent spending on Lynn Bowden jr? I'll honestly kick this one off. I am super hot on Lynn Bowden jr this week like he is basically a wide receiver. you can play in your RB slot. And right now, without a lot of RB in it, like, I I don't know. I'm, it's week 15. Like, I'm at the point where, in a couple of weeks, that I'm like, like, I have, you know, I've had great running backs, Joe Mixon, uh, DeAndre Swift, Melvin Gordon, like like guys who have been serviceable at times, but they're banged up right now. Miles Gaskin, he's on COVID. We don't know if he's going to play this week. Like, I, I, I would spend a lot on Lynn Bowden, like probably whatever I have left. If he's out there, I know he's owned in a lot of leagues already, in some deeper leagues for sure. W- where are you guys at on Bowden? <laughs> I
3: like, I like Lynn Bowden a lot. I, I, he's another rookie Tua or Tua seems to trust him. We, he showed that last week. If Gaskin is out again this week, I mean, he just kind of leaned on him and he, he looked, he's a great route runner. So what did he have? He had like 10 targets
0: yeah seven and seven receptions 82 yep. yards like yeah like, like that that's money right there guys like if i can he's like a tariq cohen who who might be able to run the ball a little bit better and i i think right now they need that uh you, there may, might be without Devonte parker mike Asicki just went down right. the dolphins don't have anybody like patrick laird's out there like repping <laughs> hard like like that man's out there right. putting, putting on the shakes man i don't know i i i would Scott, Tom, how much are you guys using? He has one. hermes has 120 of 200 left. How much are you using on Bowden if you need him?
2: I mean, I'll put it in a little bit of context. In one league, I'm like okay ish on running backs right now. So probably not a lot. But in in the Dynasty League, I'm looking at maybe having just one running back to start again this week. He's already taken in that league, unfortunately, but I would literally spend every single fab I have left to just. Cause I need to win it. Like if I don't win this week, I don't get to play next week. So you go yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going hard for it. Like, you know, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable spending a large amount of fab. For me, if it's, yeah, especially if it's PPR, all of it, all the
1: rest of my fab, if, if I, if I, if I need a running back, I mean, again, it's not a, I'm not probably going to put them in over some of the you know top 15 guys, but if I need a running back, I mean, I feel this, I feel similar with McKissick. It's a PPR league. You know, and he's for some reason still available. That's a guy I want on my team. Yep. But yeah, Bowden, He's exciting. A lot of preseason hype, and now he's finally getting to show it a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, got we have one more question coming in here. Uh, looks like pick two standard league Jefferson, AJ Brown, Thomas. I'm going to guess Michael uh, or Brandon IU Holy wow! Wow. <laughs> Good. Hats off to you, man. Yeah, That's right, <laughs> Scott plays a lot of standards. Scott, what, what would your advice be here?
1: I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting AJ Brown. There's no way I'm playing him, no matter what. And he's a top five receiver, so he's he's one. Um, man, the, the second part's tough. Um, I'm I'm bullish on Ayuk. I'll be I'll be honest. I'm I'm big yep. on that guy. Yep. Um
0: okay you you guys you guys know my Justin Jefferson love uh it, it's been here all year. I think the guy's a stud, but against the Bears like they de- they've definitely been more exposed as of late. Kyle Fuller hasn't been the lockdown corner he was earlier in the season, but with that being said, I, man, Iuke ceiling. If you need ceiling, I'm probably playing Iuke and AJ Brown. If you want floor, uh you throw throw Thomas out there probably. But Jefferson's a little risky, I think, to me this week. And you guys know how, how how much I love him. Yeah, Jefferson's risky.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think
0: he's the one that
2: I'm for sure not putting out this week of the list. I do agree with Seth, though. If you need the ceiling, it's Brown, Ayuk. And if you need to just play it safe, Brown and Thomas. Yeah. All right, do
0: we have any other questions we want to get to? or Looks like we got one more coming in here okay guys
3: do i play all three running backs jacob mike davis and connor or two of the three in woods and flex
2: Ooh, that's tough i'm this is easy for me though jacob's davis and woods same yep. here yep i'm sitting connor there
0: yeah man look at that I, we all agreed woo, we did it. i'll be honest though like I, I don't i don't love jacob's this week like i'm gonna get more into that here in a little bit but Jacobs is definitely not someone I'm. I'm super thrilled to play this week at all.
1: No, Over James though, be
0: for right. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'm, okay. just,
1: I'm less excited about Connor. All
0: right, guys, let's jump into some weekly advice.
3: Weekly. weekly.
0: Guys, there are a ton of upsets in the fantasy football uh, world in week 15. A lot of teams who may have snuck in as a six or an eight seed pulling off a lot of upsets. Tom, I know you pulled off some upsets, man. Coming from that perspective, what advice can you give to someone who maybe pulled off an upset in week one and maybe you're a little undermanned and and what you're kind of doing uh, to get past that? Well, I mean,
2: let's just like I want to paint the picture a little. It was, you know, last week I was pretty I was, like, 100% sure I was not making the playoffs. Like, I thought, no way am I making it in. Turns out I squeaked in by 0.3 points. (laughs) (laughs) So I was the lowest seed, got to play the number one seed, and then Derrick Henry decided to just go hard in the paint and smash everything. And between him and I, DeAndre Swift, cleaned up. It's a great week, pulled off the upset. But now I'm just stuck out here in the semis Like, not quite sure, you know, where the weak spots are on my team and how to fill them because it's a little late for that. Um, So this is the time where I am, I don't want to say turning off the rational part of my brain because that's not exactly what I'm doing, but I'm going all ceiling. Like, I need to win. It's due to the guy here. You know, I'm I'm forgetting any kind of like, oh, I shouldn't even be here. Like, no, I'm going to win now and then I'm going to win next week. And then I'm going to have a great championship trophy sitting on this desk here in a few weeks or whatever. So my biggest piece of advice is just to put your head down and grind it out these last couple of weeks. You deserve to be where you are. I'll just go win a championship.
0: Love it. Yeah. C- couldn't agree more on that. Uh, Scott, You kind of, you kind of touched on this in a video the other night on Twitter. Uh, what's some advice you can give to someone? We all had some heartbreaking losses here in week 14. There's no doubt. How do we kind of move forward as fantasy managers and, and look at this as a positive?
1: Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd love to say that, you know, a brutal playoff loss doesn't affect me because it's just fantasy football, but that's not true. I mean, it, it hits you in the pit of your stomach when you lose, especially when it's close and it's brutal. Um, but I also I also wrote this thing on Twitter the other day because I was curious about, you know, people's the, like, kind of the evolution of how they root for their actual real NFL teams and how seriously they take it and how, how much a loss affects them and all that kind of thing. Cause I've been going through that over the last few years with the Seahawks, thanks to Malcolm Butler, um, where I've had to reanalyze my, you know, how much I'm letting this stick with me for, for a week, two weeks, a year, whatever it is. So with fantasy, I kind of look at it the same way. I mean, it's brutal. It sucks. Um, you know, you got to breathe. You got you to gotta be able to realize that it's just a game. It's you're having fun. I mean, I know people play for money. You know, there might be more on the line, but at the end of the day, it's just a game. Um, and, you know, if you can take a break, like set your con- if you're in consolation brackets, set your lineups. Don't don't be the person that just leaves and says, oh, I lost. So I'm just I'm bailing You know, set your lineups. But, you know, find other ways to get your fantasy fix. Don't dwell on that team you know, because we get attached to our teams, we get attached to our players. And, you know, once once that season ends, especially if it ends in a brutal fashion, um, I've been trying to just, okay, I can start looking at next year. I can, now I can go on Twitter and like send out a tweet, say, hey, everybody tell me who you need to root for and I'll root with you, you know, but I'm trying to kind of take a break from that emotional attachment to the team that just lost. Um, I'll tell a quick story. Um, I said I would do this way back on that first video I posted about the fantasy decision that will haunt me to my grave. So this was 2011. I was in a week 17 championship, so maybe I deserved this. Um, but anyway, I had Tim Tebow on my team and I had Matt Flynn on my team and Aaron Rodgers was being, he was being benched, you know, week 17 to rest and I had to decide between Tebow and Matt Flynn. So championship game, I decided to go with Tebow. Matt Flynn goes on to throw for 480 yards and six touchdowns. Tim Tebow goes on to score zero fantasy points, not point five zero. Um, and so, and my game was still pretty close. And then I watched Ahmad Bradshaw score a touchdown. Obviously, I'll never forget this. I'm, I, I, it's still in my brain. Um, I watched Ahmad Bradshaw score a touchdown, and I lost by five. Um, that was, I mean, that was. You know, with a guy that scored like 50 points sitting on my bench.
2: Wow. So that was
1: oh. with me. That one, that one, that one stuck with me to the point where I kind of realized this isn't this isn't healthy. It's not healthy to, to be this pissed off this far after a fantasy football loss. So. So anyway, that's I mean, that's what that's what that's my suggestion. If you need to do DFS, do DFS. If like me, you're going to just kind of jump into getting ready for 2021. Go for it. Um But you know try and try and give yourself a break you know we if you trust your process if you know if your process was sound and the results didn't work didn't work out for you no control over that you know just give yourself a break
0: yeah i I appreciate that scott uh one thing i'll say is that i've learned is is take each loss with uh learn a lesson from it become a better fantasy player because of it uh like this year like tom said like I'm going hard in the paint for guys like Lynn Bowden, Jeff Wilson, Jr. Like I'm not afraid to fire them up in the past. I've always gone with names rather than, you know, previous production. So like, like I'm in that, I'm in that boat with you too, Scott, like definitely give yourself a break, but also, you know, take a lesson from your loss, learn what you have to grow as a fantasy uh, football player. If you're an analyst, grow from it as an analyst. So I love that, man. Nate, do you have any final uh, weekly advice here for our listeners as we head into week 15? I do. So if you're out of their
3: playoffs, like a lot of us are, it's just a game. And I, I think we just need to remember that. Kind of like what Scott was saying, where don't let it kill you for weeks on end. Like this is the time when if you're a redraft player, Start looking at some of these guys that are getting play, getting to play in places like Houston or New York, and they're guys that maybe you can be ahead of everybody else. Thinking going into the draft next year, if you're serious about it, like start focusing on that and enjoy watching the game. Obviously, if you're a dynasty manager out of the playoffs, you need to start figuring out what your weak spots are. Start working on those. Like, make it fun. Mm-hmm. Just because your teams are out doesn't mean there isn't work to be done. You work all year. To make your teams good that's why we play it because we love football you know and if you are still in the playoffs don't get cute remember that yeah. you you worked hard to get your team to the playoffs and you might be surprised you got there but you still got there there isn't much left on the waiver wire if there's somebody you can't live without like a lynn bowden get him 100 but otherwise like trust what you did go win some games
0: Love it. Yeah, if
1: you, I mean, if you, if you snuck in and you're, you feel like you're playing with house money, right? Like you've been, you know, maybe had a last second win or you were a huge underdog and you won. You know, don't look at that. I I, this when I first started playing, this happened a few times where, you know, that that playing with house money mentality, where it's like, well, I'm not even supposed to be here, right? To quote clerks, you know, that where you play somebody you would never play, because because it's the whole house money icing on the cake situation no no Keith, sticks to your same process like it doesn't matter you know that's in the past you know just do do your thing regardless of how you got there absolutely
0: awesome great advice uh let's let's jump into some fantasy uh football here specific to week 15 with matchup management It's gonna be, be, be. Right. so in this segment we're gonna talk about some really mainstream players that we are benching or at least considering benching in a lot of leagues uh, heading into week 15 here and guys I know I normally try to hand it off to you to start each segment but I really have something I, I'm earning to get off my chest if you don't mind yeah let's hear it alright so I'm just gonna start with this like Josh Jacobs like how dare you do what you did? I am so, I I am so bent out of shape by what Josh Jacobs did. Those of you who did not see it, Josh Jacobs, he goes uh, about an hour before the the four o'clock game starts. He Instagram posts that, that he's not going to be playing uh, and, and specifically calls out fantasy managers with a laughing emoji. And it's just like, okay first of all he he did end up playing he ended up scoring like 10 fantasy points what what Josh Jacobs what we can expect from him so whatever on that that point but like I know there's some some matchups that that benched him because of that I I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to figure out whether I should bench him for Zach Ertz and Scott Fishbowl or not and you know the, the one thing I'll say is like like Josh Jacobs it's a two-way street, guys. Like we don't go out on Twitter. Like there's an unspoken rule on Twitter. You don't go out and tag a player and just like start ranting that they lost you your matchup because they they didn't score the last second touchdown or whatever it is. But I know, also know that 80% of NFL Red Zone's revenue comes from fantasy fans, and NFL Red Zone is a huge part of the NFL players' salary. And that you add gear into it. Uh, you know, I only root for Josh Jacobs and players like that. Why else would I root for the freaking Raiders running back other than fantasy purposes? So I just think that like Josh Jacobs, I think he really kind of disrespected fantasy owners in a way. Uh, like, like I don't know. It's a two way street for me. I, do, did you guys feel as, as upset about the whole Josh Jacobs thing and kind of what, what he did there as I did? You know, at first I wasn't
3: that irritated. I was like, I mean, he's playing a game, whatever. I mean, what do we really have on the line? he's frustrated it was a dick move but okay but then you start thinking about beyond fantasy think about vegas and the stat lines at the bookies and like we're all playing on fanduel and draftkings sportsbook now and if you put an over under bet on josh jacobs be, assuming he's not going to play really like or be very limited like he only hinted at either not playing or being extremely limited so you're taking the under at 50 and you lose $5,000 because he made a joke on Instagram or in yeah. DFS. Like yeah. that's li- I mean it, I don't know. The the NFL is a revenue-driven league. And if a player's going to go out and do something that screws with people pumping revenue into the league, like I don't know. I I I thought I'm surprised he didn't get in
2: trouble for it a little. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard on, on its face, like it, at surface value, I mean, it is just a crappy thing to do. I would be interested to know if people had been particularly like trolley toward him. You know what I mean? Like, was there some kind of incident he had on social media that really just kind of pushed him over the edge? Like, I, right. I wish he had more context to his motivation. Like, I mean, regardless, like, it's a crappy thing to do to just troll people like that. You know, like I like you guys have said, it's like a multi-level troll to say that you're not going to play in a game and then go out and play anyway. So yeah, it's it is crappy, but I I want to know how much of the two-way street was engaged there because I've seen a lot of players beef with fantasy players like on Twitter like 20 minutes before a game starts. So right for sure. You know like i said i'm not gonna i'm not siding with him but i want to give him just like a teensy bit of a benefit of a doubt just in case there's something i don't know but yeah it's pretty crappy
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that's a good point i didn't really think about that like i mean personally it didn't affect me but i i i concur with what everybody's been saying i don't really have anything to add i mean i i think it was a total dick move unless there's some other context behind it i mean it's just like why even why do you even need to do that you know just you know i mean just it just didn't need to. It didn't need to happen. So, right. I think you know. I I tend towards people are good at heart. So I hope it was some sort of, some sort of retaliation that doesn't necessarily make it, you know, good or the right move, but not just a, completely out of the blue fucking fantasy community. You know. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. So so sticking on the topic of Josh Jacobs here, guys. I'm bringing him up in matchup management because this week there's a couple leagues that I own Josh Jacobs and. I'm getting ready to bench Josh Jacobs this week. Like I know that kind of sounds like a hot take with him being a first round pick and he is PPR RB10 on the season right now, guys, but I mean, at the end of the day, if he hasn't scored a TD in a game, his highest point total is 13.5. Like he he doesn't have much of a ceiling without touchdowns. That's all you're in it for at this point. He's playing on Thursday night football on short rest. Uh, he's not 100% healthy it might troll you before the game. Like I, I honestly think at this point in the playoffs, and I know this sounds super hot takey because I'm really not a Nelson Aguilar fan at all. But like, would you guys start like Nelson Aguilar over Josh Jacobs in your flex right now? Cause I, I, I think I might, especially in PPR, I'm probably firing him up. Um, I say no only because
2: Josh Jacobs definitely isn't low enough on my team to be in my flex. Like he's still my RB two. Like he's pretty much all I got. So I'm, <laughs> starting him unless I have like a solid option other word but I'm definitely sweating it out you know like I'm not excited to start him on short rest with an ankle injury he's definitely going to be on a pitch count no matter what happens this game I mean the Chargers is a really juicy matchup for him like it should be good I just like I do agree with you that he's bad and if he is in a position where he's your flex person like in that scenario you provided I definitely wouldn't start Aguilar over him but I'd be willing to bench him.
0: I just want upside.
3: Yeah, I just – I wouldn't – no, I wouldn't start Aguilar over him either.
0: I can't trust I Derek Carr. It's
3: so- I, yeah, I've been up and down with Derek Carr all season. It's not Carr that I don't trust. It's Aguilar I don't trust. I mean, he has a history of dropping the ball, and he's been a little bit better as of late for sure, but I keep waiting for that to fall apart. It's like Nick Foles kind of in my eyes where Nick Foles in these like certain spots, he'll he's really streaky and Aguilar is the same. And I just have a hard sure. time. I've got him rostered a couple of places and I've gotten burned.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, it's like everybody that started Corey Davis this week, you know, I right. think it's there. This, and, this and, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I see, I see Josh Jiggins the same way. I see Tyler Lockett. Like I likely don't have a better option, but I am not
2: stoked about starting. Right. He's probably like, the reason that you're playing for upside other places in your team, because you right? have, yeah. you're not counting on much.
0: The only the only time he's gotten over 14 PPR points is when he's had two plush touchdowns. So uh, unless he has two two touchdowns, like he, he's not getting you more than 15 points. Don't count on that. So adjust your lineup accordingly, guys. That that that's that's my big pick pick for matchup management here. I'm being prepared to bench Josh Jacobs in a lot of leagues. Tom, I know you have a you have a hot one for us here. Uh, who, who's your matchup management that you're throwing on the bench here heading into Week 15? For the first one for me is uh, Kenny G. Mr.
2: Galladay, and you guys know how much I'm like a super fan of Kenny Galladay. I'm pretty sure last year he was one of my my guys. Whatever, like my big like all in for the year. Um, so I've been really disappointed to have him just sitting on my bench the entire season pretty much on um, that league that I barely squeaked into the playoffs. He's on my team just sitting on the bench, and I was hoping that by now I could run him out there. But even if he plays this week, he is going to be on a pitch count. They already said it last week. If he played, he's not going to be doing much. We don't know if Stafford's going to play. There's just too much up in the air. Like, I'm going to lock down other options now, and just not play him. I've made it this far without him. My core is set without Kenny G. And I can survive without him. So I will. And I recommend other people do the same. I don't think he's going to be like your last minute savior this year as much as it sucks. I think it's just you got to continue on without him.
3: <laughs> so we're not all going on holiday this playoff season? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bad joke. <laughs> But like,
2: shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm with you he's been disappointing yeah it's been a sad, sad turn of events especially in contract year. like what yeah. a season to have right before you're supposed to get paid
0: i i think at the end of the day it kills me to say but i'd probably play marvin jones over him if i had to just because you know we don't know about the snap count and at the end of the day like other than deandre swift though like and I guess, Marvin Jones, if you need a wide receiver three in your lineup, I, I, I'm probably trying to avoid the whole Detroit team at this point. Like they, They've kind of gone to a dumpster fire once again, it looks like.
2: Yeah, you know, pretty much. I'm, I'm slamming Swift everywhere I, I can, but everyone else I'm staying away from.
3: <laughs> yep. Agreed. Well, I've got one, if you don't mind. Yeah, hit us with it. J.K. Dobbins. He makes me so nervous, and I hate it. Dobbins had the one, which is great. But Edwards yeah. had seven touches all in the red zone. That, that makes me leery. And I want to trust Dobbins, but like Jim Harbaugh just won't use him in the red zone. He started to use him between the 20s, but he doesn't use him in the red zone now. Like I just, I want to trust him and I want to love him and I want to ride him especially now that Mark Ingram's out of the equation. But of course, Harbaugh's like, no, here's Gus Edwards again. And you can't play Gus Edwards because you don't know what's going to happen. But I don't feel like you can play J.K. Dobbins either.
2: You can tell know how much I love J.K. Dobbins. Like, it breaks my heart. This is the second time I'm breaking my heart tonight. Kenny G J.K. Dobbins in the same podcast. But I got to be real. And I just like Gus Edwards is TD or bust. But because he keeps, like Nate said, he keeps getting all this red zone work, he makes it so you also can't play Dobbins. If Dobbins got the regular work and the red zone work, I would take the chance on him. But without guaranteeing that red zone workload and the chance for the touchdown, I just don't – what what are you going to do with it? Are just going to sit there and watch him score three points this week while your semifinal just goes down the drain? Right.
3: Yeah, I mean – I know a lot of people are going to have to ride him this week and I get it, but man, if you yeah. have an option to pivot away from him, do it. Yeah. Yeah. You it's so
1: dis- I mean, I was, I, I was so into JK Dobbins earlier this year. I didn't, I didn't get him in any drafts and have any shares, but I mean, I was like bugging the crap out of Dobbins owners with trade offers, just like one after the other, trying to make something work, you know, overpaying. I just, I just, I thought he was going to be a league winner this year. I mean, Yeah, there's a couple weeks left and you never know, but it just doesn't, it looks like 2021 is going to be his, his time to shine. It's just, it's too crowded in that backfield. Um, earlier in the year, he was getting goal line work, but that seemed to be Gus Edwards last night. Um, I mean, he salvaged it with that, with that one yard touchdown after the interception. Um, but it's just, it's too inconsistent. It's too muddled in that backfield for me to trust him. Yep. Right, and, you know, question. They, have their, they have their
0: lead back with R. Jackson in the way, too. Absolutely. Uh, we got a question here from Samuel Hetland uh, Melvin Gordon, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, David Johnson. Uh, he, he needs two or three of them. Who are you plugging in? There's really only
3: two I would take off this list Melvin Gordon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I don't like Clyde Edwards Hilaire at all.
0: If Melvin's healthy.
3: If Melvin's healthy.
2: He should be. It sounds like he's going to be good to go. Yeah, I agree with Nate. Gordon and Edwards, I don't really want the other two. I mean, obviously we just talked about Dobbins, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sitting David Johnson for sure. So if if it's three, then then the, the rest would be three. If it's only two, then agreed, I'm sitting Dobbins and David Johnson. Yep. For reasons already discussed.
0: <laughs>
1: Consensus. I love it.
0: All right, Scott, who who is your who's your matchup management candidate tonight that you want to throw out there, another big-name guy that you don't really want to ride with here in Week 15?
1: Um, I mean, I, I came up with two, but i, I got to go with the one that's probably more likely to be started, and that's James Conner. We've already talked about James Conner a little bit. I have James Conner. Um, I'm a huge fan of James Conner, the person um, and what he's been through. The year I grabbed him when Le'Veon held out was – Matt, those first few weeks were pretty magical, um, but right now, I mean, he hasn't had more than 13 carries or scored a touchdown since week eight, and even in week eight, he had 18 touches for 60 yards. He just he kind of got bailed out by his touchdown. His, the, the production has just been way down. Uh, I mean, he was activated from the COVID list on the ninth. You know, teams say we're not going to put somebody in if they're not ready to go, but it's like with COVID, there is no cut and dry. Yeah. You don't know what kind of lingering effects that might be having where he's considered healthy to play, but... I mean, we just don't know. And the evidence on the field is is I just you can't trust him right now. Um, I mean, oddly enough, I mean the whole Pittsburgh offense is kind of a mess right now. I mean it, it looked pretty, pretty messy in that last game. So I mean he's got Cincinnati on deck, which I mean that's a great that's a great matchup, but I'm still I'm 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 sitting James Conner.
0: I'm with you here, Scott. I, I've been honestly I was a huge Jim Conner guy coming into last season, you know, Pittsburgh guy, uh, ear McDowell pride, you know, you know, got a sh- shout out to to James Conner, everything he's been through, great story, but last year late in the season, he burned a lot of fantasy owners in the playoffs and in the championships. He came back two games and and exited in the first quarter due to not coming back at 100%. So I am with you here here Scott, like I don't know if he's at 100%. The Steelers rushing game has been trash all season especially lately. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you here, Scott. There's no way James Conner comes close to my lineup. Honestly, I don't really want a lot of these Pittsburgh players, honestly, right now.
2: No, I totally agree. I mean, I know Seth and I are like the resident Pittsburgh fans, but I'm, I'm definitely staying away from James Conner and (laughs) shout out your EPA. Indeed. Um, I'm definitely staying as far away from James Conner as I can. And, even if you want to say, like, the Bengals is a good matchup, it's a division rival, and those games are always stupid. Like, just the dumbest things happen against the Bengals for some reason. Pittsburgh <laughs> is so known for playing down to people and just making games ugly and drawn out for no reason, and I expect nothing less.
1: <laughs> it's fine if you guys are down on Pittsburgh. We started this thing with a Seahawks trash fest, and I was fine with that, so, you know. <laughs>
3: You guys are welcome to light into the Broncos anytime you want. It's so well deserved.
0: <laughs> All right, N- Nate, why don't you uh, why don't you lay into s- someone else here that you're not starting or, or trying not start, <sighs> hopefully in week fifteen. I kind of can't believe
3: I'm saying this, but you can't trust Ezekiel Elliott anymore, right? Correct. Like,
4: yep. Yep. so yep. he
3: has one receiving touchdown since week one he doesn't have a touchdown since week five, a rushing touchdown since week five. Oh, um, right. Like this is a guy that people were taking in the first round with the first pick. I did it. I took him with the first pick in the very first round of a draft. I was in I like, loved him. with complete confidence. Like he is my guy. He has not been that guy, Like he just, I can't trust him. He's fumbled the ball five times. He's lost four of them. He doesn't look like the same runner to me. And I know Dallas is bad, but he still wasn't even good when Dak was healthy. Like this isn't a Dalton thing. It's not a Danucci thing. It's just that I don't know, man. Like, has he like is he starting to plummet from his prime? Like, is he peaked? Was last year his peak? I know.
2: I didn't I did <laughs> not think mean? about saying mean? this. Hold on. So yeah. listen, he also, just to add on to that, De- Z- Since Dak got injured in week five, his average, 9.3 PPR points per game. Right. Awful. That's awful. It is gross. And I did the (laughs) same. I drafted him with my first round pick, and that's the league. I didn't even smell the playoffs. Like, it's so bad this year. I'm, like, it's just awful, and the – I don't know. Without Dak, he's nothing. And it's so obvious now. It's just. Well, and it, the, fumbles, the fumbles are troubling for me. Yeah, the fumble the kind of thing that might get some. But like, um, Tony Pollard got 11 carries to Zeke's 12 this right. like Like, that's almost a 50 50 split. And if that keeps happening, no way. No, no way. way.
1: No way. Can't yeah, trust that- him i feel like i feel like this has been one of the more surprising turn of events of the year i mean before this year i mean zeke is just he's that locked and loaded set it forget it don't even think about it guy you know gets yeah. catches passes you know always gets 100 yards or a touchdown but i mean other than that year where i learned more about how appeals courts work than i ever wanted to which is suspension this has been an awful zeke year um and i mean obviously Dak the The horrific injury. Shout out Dak Prescott. He's awesome. Um, mm. But the horrific the horrific injury has an effect. The offensive line has been decimated with injury. It has an effect. Mm. But Nate said it. It's he doesn't look right. He doesn't look like he has in the past. Tony Pollard looks like a better, more explosive back. So with that, there's just there's no there's no life preserver coming because he just mm. he, he doesn't look as explosive and as spry as he did. So I mean, yeah. I'm not starting
2: him. So. I also like to always bring up, like, if, like the dynasty. One of my biggest cornerstones of, like, dynasty research every year is, like, the average age that people, like, peak per position. And at running back, it's 25 or 26. Like, whatever year they're 25 and then 26, that's usually either their best year or when and they start hill on the other side, which is why running back contracts are so short. And they don't get paid afterwards. So this very well could
0: be Zeke just like falling off the other side of the cliff now. So could be. I'm not going to overreact too much if I'm a dynasty owner. Like if there's obviously great offers on the table, I'm willing to take it. As a redraft yeah. owner, though, I, I am willing to react, guys. I I miss the the semifinals of the Scott Fishbowl. By less than three points, and Ezekiel Elliott was my first round pick in in that, and like him just going out consistently dropping single digits, like like Damian Harris got me as many points as him, dog. Like that, that that's where we're at right now it's with with Zeke. Like Cole Cole Komet was a better start than Zeke. Our boy Cole Komet. like <laughs> Cole. <laughs> Yeah, we love
2: you. yeah though, with so Zeke as your first rounder.
0: Uh, hey man, Justin, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, Darren Waller, shout out to those guys. They, I rode them hard, but yeah, I, I'm with you here, Scott. Like, pr- probably like if you if you've rode Zeke to the playoffs, still, you're probably not in. I, I mean, you're probably not in the playoffs anymore, realistically. And if you are, you're not starting this week, hundred percent. Little Cole commit
3: love in the chat.
1: I got to Oh yeah. It. Real quick side note on Cole Komet, it's been funny this week because I've had people that are like, oh, so you've become Cole Komet, and I have to, like, somehow try and wiggle my way and explain, you know, But like, no, no, I don't I don't necessarily think he's a tight end one, and the tight end one, and it's
2: just been, it's been pretty funny to be like,
1: ah, he's good, but,
2: well, story. I want to address the Gary's question there. Just, just like real quick, though, I'm not going to go into depth on it. Low key though, yes. Like in Dynasty, like I'm definitely at the end of this year, I'm going to win a championship on him and then I'm going to sell him for draft picks and like somebody younger. And I'm ready to move on because, yeah, it's coming. The cliff is going <laughs> to him because he's he's all muscle, man. He's all power. And when that goes, he's gone. Like it's going to be <laughs> night so, and you day. Don't, you, you don't are. think
3: Dynasty wise, you don't think he has one more year left? I think one, he's one got more a
2: year. Low-end RB1, high-end RB2, but I don't want that. I want to sell before that. Like, I want my money back. I
3: can't do it. Dude, he's going to – okay, so he's going to eclipse 2,000 yards this season. Mark my words, he will do it. If he doesn't break the single-season rushing record, I have this feeling the last three matchups, he might do it. I hope so. He's going to ride into next season, and he's going to (laughs) do something similar – He's going to have another almost two thousand yard rushing season, and then I'm selling him.
2: Hey, I, I was saying, I'm not, if you want to keep him next year, it's not like I mean he's probably going to be fine. I'm just saying, I personally think if he gets two thousand, <laughs> he's getting twelve hundred next year.
3: So <laughs> really? I mean, we'll see.
2: He's done. <laughs> I he's
3: guess like, this isn't a dynasty podcast, huh? Long term
2: so <laughs> <least> next year. <laughs> He's so
1: good. He, I mean, he looks like he's running through butter when he runs. It. He knows, so he's a tank. and he for looks like
2: thing, he's the a D line, and he's just gonna. Well, and he just like
1: visually, he doesn't look fast, but he's one of the fastest. It's just he's a, he's such an anomaly of a player to me, with how big and strong he is and how fast he is. It's just everybody fell you know, in love with the- Derek Henry for the rest of the podcast. Well,
3: everybody fell in love with AJ Dylan's thighs. But have you seen Derrick Henry's? Like, dude, no wonder he's so fast. All right, we can stop with the Derrick Henry
0: <laughs> crush fest. Yeah. Apparently we'll have a crush yeah. on Derrick Henry too. All right, speaking <laughs> speaking of having crushes, gentlemen, let's get to some Sure Things Sleepers of the Week.
1: It's the Sure
0: Things Sleepers of the Week. This is one of our favorite segments here in uh, the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. We basically try to highlight players that maybe not everyone is super hot on starting. Maybe they're on the fence. Maybe they haven't even really considered it yet. Nate, uh, I'm going to go to you. You're gonna. I'm going to lead off with you. You've, you've been really hot on your sure thing, Sleeper of the Week, all season long, and it seems like it's finally coming to fruition for you. So my guys,
3: Gabriel Davis, if you've watched the Bills play the last few weeks – that dude, he is all over the place in that offense with John Brown out. It's been a – I mean, they're they not running the ball much. They're running it a little bit. I feel like Josh Allen's their RB1 for the most part. Yeah. Dude, he – dude is slinging it. He looks like John Elway. Like, I am so impressed with Josh Allen. I loved him coming out of college and to see him actually, like, becoming an efficient quarterback, more accurate – And you've got Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Gabe Davis. The coverage goes to Diggs and Beasley. Always will. Beasley's going to get that slot guy. Diggs is going to get your cornerback one. Gabriel Davis has three touchdowns the last three weeks. He's been on the field. He's got a 97, 97, and 83% snap share. He had eight targets last week, three catches. But the three touchdowns three weeks in a row and with the way Allen's slinging it around, like he's a guy, I'm not gonna. I don't think you even need to spend Fab on him. Like I don't think enough people are hot on him. I think you can let waivers settle, pick him up on Thursday on Wednesday morning. Yeah, and he's a guy who could get you 15 points next week. I mean, they're going against Denver, and Denver's their secondary is just trashed right now, just yeah. beat up. I mean, Boye's out for the season, and he was their top corner. And why they let Chris Harris go, I'll never understand. They're just beat up. And this is, a dude, Josh Allen's going to pick them apart. Gabriel Davis is going to, he'll have a touchdown. He might have two. He's probably going to have 10 targets. Allen's probably going to throw the ball 35 to 40
0: times. Because why not? Might as well. Do you, do you think they'll need to, though? Like, like, like that's my one issue with Gabriel Davis is, is last week, yes, he saw the eight targets. I love that. But like, for the, for the majority of the season, like his highest reception total is five, and that's all the way back in week five. Like, sure. he hasn't been – I mean, Nate, I, I, think you, I think you are right on this one because of the matchup, and I, I, I think you're picking on your Denver Broncos. So so I do agree. I, I think he is a good short-thing sleeper of the week, but are you confident even though maybe the receptions won't be there and will more be yards and touchdowns you're relying on?
3: Yeah, I'm happy with that. And then they have, if you hold on to him, they have New England, Week 16 for your championship game. And New England's secondary has been trash, just not good. I think he's. I just think he's got two matchups coming in here, and he's a guy you can get for almost nothing if you if you need a wide. Again, the caveat here being if you need a wide receiver. Yeah. If you don't need a wide receiver, like don't bench Adam Thielen for Gabe Davis. Set maybe this week. But yeah.
0: All right, um, Tom, who, who, who do you have for your short thing sleeper the weekend into week 15 here?
2: Um, mine is Dan Arnold, and it definitely comes with a heavy cut just this week and just this matchup for him. Um, he's very, very touchdown dependent. He went the first 10 weeks of the season without getting one, not a single touchdown. But he is the like athletic tight end for the Cardinals, so he's going to get the passing work. Um, he's had four touchdowns in the last four weeks so he started hitting his sweet spot. He started his positive regression and the Cardinals are chasing a playoff spot. So they want to win any means necessary. And like we talked about earlier, I think we're mostly in consensus that the Cardinals Eagles game is probably going to turn into a shootout. Eagles are awful against covering tight ends. And I just don't see why he wouldn't get his red zone work that he's been getting. So, this is definitely one of those emergency pivots for me. Like, if I need somebody now and I need to go, especially because this year I've gotten into some tight end premium leads and stuff, and, you know, like, I have played Hayden Hurst last week. Very disappointing for me. Like, my team won in spite of him delivering nothing. So this week I have a heavy eye on playing somebody like Dan Arnold instead and just hoping for the touchdown, which I'm pretty confident will come. I think the work is going to be there for him this week. yeah
1: i I like that one like and it seems that kyler murray is i don't know if he's all the way back from the shoulder thing against the seahawks but it seems pretty pretty close to being 100 um which bodes well for for dan arnold i mean i I look at it you know for three straight games kyler murray had five carries that's not kyler murray um but last week he had 13. so i know that's not directly him throwing with that shoulder but i I think that's indicative of, of his confidence in that shoulder to be able to take off the run so and with that matchup, yeah, I agree. Arnold's a, Arnold's a great one.
0: On
3: board. No complaints here. All right, Scott, what you got for us, buddy? All
1: right. Okay. I got a lot to say about this player. Um, So mine's not, not mine's not as uh, sleepery. It's not as like um, – it's a pretty fairly well-known guy that you may probably are already starting, and that's Brandon Ayuk. Um the reason I bring him up is just because I looked at start percentages and it's lower than I would like to see. So he's not being started across the board as much as I'd like. And I just think, I think he's a must start. I don't think it's just a, um, uh, oh, he's a rookie that's playing well. I think he's a must start. And you know, that, that might be, that might be bold. That might be not. Um, I mean, I'm starting him over locket. I'm starting him over the Rams receivers. I'm probably starting him over Thielen. um, you know, there's, there's a couple, you know. What, what is it? I, this stuff I wrote down because it's lots of numbers and stuff. But um, since week seven against New England, he's averaging 11-plus targets a game as a rookie. I mean, that's just insane. Um, 14 targets in week 10, 16 targets this past week, uh, which he turned into 10, 10 catches for 119 yards. The only other rookie that's ever had 10 catches in a game for the San Francisco 49ers is Jerry Rex in 1985. So, I mean you know, that's not a direct connection to how he's going to play in week 15, but that's, that's elite territory. Um, he only needs to average 89 yards a game for the rest of the season to take the rookie uh, total total receiving yards away from Jerry Rice. He's just, I mean, I said it this week, he, to me, when I watch him play, he looks like a veteran stud wide receiver in a rookie's body. That's what he looks like. Um, I think last week, you know, Washington football team has a great, great ranking against receivers. Great. You know, I mean, um, Kendall Fuller, Ronald Darby, you know, not, not, not the elite corners, but they've been, they've been, uh, better than expected this year. And that, that secondary has been good. And like I said, 10 catches, 119 yards with Nick Mullins as his quarterback. Um, uh, you know, he says he, he, in coming out of college, uh, I mean, I'm a little biased too. I got to watch him play. I'm not, a, I'm not a big, like watching all the college games guy, but, uh, he played at Arizona state and I'm a Husky fan. So I got to see him play and he jumped off the field watching him then too. He models his game after Devonte adams um that's to some that's his pro comp He's Devonte adams um i mean the list goes on and on he's number 22 in the league right now yards after the catch um he's got 90.9 percent snap share i mean just i think he's got six touchdowns he's so he's a red zone guy at least at least he's looked at in the red zone and to me he's just the whole package you know uh, sorry i got a little excited there about Brandon iu but um <laughs> But I mean, as I dug into him, like it's funny, too, because you know I'm a Seahawks fan, so like when I saw that the Niners drafted him, I didn't like that because I know he's good. But for two years in a row now, last year coming into this year, I was huge on Debo Samuel because I got to watch him twice last year, and I was just like, dude, he just doesn't go down. And it's going to be the same with Ayuk next year for me. So this week in particular, though, um, I mean, they're playing Dallas. That is not the same as playing the Washington football team. Um no. Nope. Um, I mean he's been the most consistent rookie receiver, and I don't think it's even there's even a question about it. And I mean, if you want to talk about the other rookie receivers, quarterback situations and whatnot, Nick Mullins. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm
2: I say he's a must start. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. I mean, I I go to ASU, like I I am a Sun Devil currently. So like, Brandon Ayuk has been like I was, love seeing him do well. But yeah, like, I mean, literally, that uh, in the one league, like, I'm going to ride and die on Derrick Henry and Brandon Ayuk. Like, if he will win me a championship, if I win, no doubt. Like, I will start him over just about anyone, honestly, at this point. Like, I view him like basically a wide receiver one.
0: Guys, you say all this too, and and that's also with the fact that Debo Samuel's is not going to play, or or most likely we're not going to see him here in week fifteen. And Brandon Ayuk, on a point per game basis, is wide receiver sixteen this season. Like that's above guys like Terry McLaurin, Juju, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore. Like the list goes on and on. He has been studly when he's been healthy, and right now, like other than Justin Jefferson, he has been by far the best rookie wide receiver so and in a great matchup like nick nick mullins is serviceable i i think you have to roll out brandon Ayuk probably he's it seems like at least over the last what two months when he's been healthy he, he's a- averaging close to 20 points per game like like that's just hot money you, you can't sit that yeah this is definitely one of those moments
2: where it's like if you're sitting on a like juju smith schuster and you have brandon Ayuk start brandon Ayuk over him You know what I mean? Like, now's not the time for going with the name. Go with the production. Right.
0: Yep. Yep. All right, guys. For my sure thing, sleeper of the week heading into week 15. Do or die here. I'm going to stick with the San Francisco 49ers. It's time to get ballsy, guys. I talked about this at the beginning of the show. Like I was always one of those fantasy football players who was very relaxed and was like, all right, I'm going to trust Jordan Howard in the finals. I'm going to trust these big-name guys who end up shitting the bed. I'm getting ballsy here, guys, and and Jeff Wilson Jr. is a guy I talked about two weeks ago as a sure thing sleeper of the week, a guy that I wanted to grab after waivers ran, not spend any fab on, which I luckily got him in a couple leagues, and that maybe down the stretch some, something could happen, and he could be the lead guy. Well, guys, it's happened. Raheem Mostert, he's getting his ankle checked out. We have no official word yet, but my best bet at this point would be odds are against Raheem Mostert for playing this game and maybe the rest of the season. Uh San Francisco's still still kind of in the hunt, but like if they have one more loss they're probably out of it. So, uh but, but with that being said, guys, like like the Cowboys, that's who Jeff Wilson Jr is going up against the, this weekend. I have to think without Raheem Mostert, guys, he's the starter. Like would you agree on that?
3: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, well, yeah it's not Jerick McKinnon. No, nope.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not Jared McKinnon. We haven't seen Tevin Coleman do anything this season. Uh, the, the boys they are allowing almost five yards per carry, 4.98. That is ridiculous. That is like sky high, averaging, uh, allowing more than a rushing TD per game. Like, this is crazy 130, 30, 133 yards, uh, per, per game. It, it's going to be a nasty run game for San Francisco coming. Uh, Think about the last couple matchups for the Cowboys here, guys. We saw a couple weeks ago uh, without without Lamar Jackson. We saw Gus Edwards, uh, J.K. Dobbins run all over them. We saw Antonio Gibson on Thanksgiving go wild for three touchdowns. Like Jeff Wilson, right now, like if you want an RB two with upside, sure, he he could maybe shit the bed and get you four or five points. Like like that is a realistic outcome. But but I want to say like there's a 25 to 30 percent chance like this man goes ham. And could win you a matchup, get you into the championship.
1: Yeah, I, I I think his floor is higher. I mean, I still I still wonder what could have been in week seven against the Patriots when he was the guy and he ran it what 110 plus yards and three touchdowns. But then he got hurt. And I just yeah, I exactly. just wonder what could have been if he had if he hadn't you know fallen victim to the whatever the 49ers running back injury curse is, and <laughs> and he would have saved the guy. I think he would have he would have taken people to the playoffs. You know, as a as a freebie off the waiver wire, if he had stayed healthy. So I think now that he's back, I mean, I, I wish I had him on my team. I'm, you know, I wish I did. I wish I would have done. I wish I would have looked in my in my uh, looked to the future and grabbed him a couple of weeks ago. But so,
0: so what we do here, Scott? So what
3: you know, we doing here? This is fancy
1: football, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, I like it. I mean, they're gonna run the ball. They have to run the ball with Nick Mullins at quarterback, they're going to throw it to Ayuk. They're probably going to throw it to Jordan Reed a bit, and they're going to run the ball. And if Wilson's healthy, he's so quick. I'd start him over Zeke, 100%, if I had him. I'd start him over Zeke, without question. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd start him over all the running backs we've had on our sit list.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, the upside is there. Like, like, we keep saying, this is the time to go for it i love the match really a good opportunity
0: (laughs) um let's round out this show the best way we know to uh it's been a really difficult year for a lot of people out there it's been a been a difficult couple hours for those uh anyone who played against kareem hunt nick chubb lamar jackson last night so let's bring some some uh some good news back to the show with our our favorite segment of each episode good news Tom Tom you're, you're the veteran here uh, you, you know a lot about good news so why don't you kick it off for us what what what's the good thing going on in the news that that is not highlighted today in in the mainstream well this one is highlighted but
2: it's it's too important not to talk about that is that they're going to approve a second vaccine like within the next couple of days it will be done it'll be all approved and they'll start making it and shipping it out that means, Like, I mean, I'm not, like, you know, again, I'm, you know, sit tight. It's not like it's all going to be everyone shots tomorrow, but two of them, you know, that doubles the amount of creation, the output. It's going to get around a lot quicker this way. Um, I definitely wasn't planning on talking about it until, uh, like, you know, the article popped across my notifications. And I just knew I could not not talk about, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like so anxiety from this year just, like, leave my body every time they approve a vaccine. Love
1: it, yeah. All right, I'll go so, that's, that's a tough act to follow. but Um, I my good news for the last couple weeks, good news thing is Sarah Fuller with Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, I think that's been amazing to watch. Um, first the squib kick and then the extra point. I showed it, you know, I showed it to my girls and they thought it was really cool. They they have this book they read where it's you know, all these awesome females over the course of history and now they're telling me that Sarah Fuller needs to be in that book too and I'm like yep yep sure does so I just thought that was a great story and in the time of not many great stories it's been one of
3: my favorites lately like, yeah. really have enjoyed following that
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely Scott we, I love that one man that that's definitely like you know just anything's possible man and and, and that that's the type of thing that we should appreciate. And, you know, all the, all the people who are just kind of trolling her, like, man, that, that's just like, we're better than that as a society. Like, like let, yeah, let, let's just bring happiness. Let's bring joy. Like, let's share this story. Like Scott, you just, you know, saying that, that your girls, you know, look up to her and, and and think that she should be in her own book. Like, man, that just brings like, like joy to me as someone who doesn't have kids and, you know, is debating one day about having them like, like that, that that's an awesome story, man. I, I do appreciate that.
1: Well, let's not forget she was the goalie for the SEC championship women's soccer team there too. So yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's a stud.
0: Mm-hmm. Nate, what do you got for us here, man? So I wasn't quite
3: sure what I was going to talk about. And then right before we started, um there's actually something going on in the fantasy community. I want to highlight tonight. Cause I don't think it's getting enough attention outside of the humor factor. Um, A lot of, you know, Chase Vernon and Matt Donnelly at dingus Four and at FF underscore intervention promised that if they both got to 2000 followers, they would wax their chests (laughs) live, which is happening. And it sounds like Shane is the worst is going to be the one to wax uh, Chase's chest. I know, but he's going to be in town where Chase lives. So he's going to do it. However, they've turned it into something really cool they are highlighting it, trying to get donations for no kid hungry. Awesome. They're at about $600 now. um, And I just think it's such an amazing thing that they're doing where they're taking this joke and this pain that they're about to go through. And we're all laughing at them and making fun of them for making this bet, but they're trying to do something good. And it's, it's this community is so amazing. The Twitter community, the Facebook community, just the whole community of people who play fantasy football. We're all charitable people. We love each other. And it's just such an amazing thing to see, especially in the holidays for people to come together and do that. So I just kind of wanted to highlight that. And if you're watching at no kid hungry on Twitter, uh, check them out and maybe make a donation. Maybe make that a small Christmas present, small Christmas thing you do this year. If you've got $2, $5, $10, it's the season
2: of giving. And that's what I've got. Yeah, I love that. That's really awesome. <laughs> I always love when people turn, like, you know, something that should just be goofy and fun, and they just, like, you know, add that already great mood and do something nice for a charity. I mean, I know, and it's, like, one of those things that, like, you know, a few dollars here and there, but, I mean, literally, charities survive on those few dollars here and there. Like, it does make a big difference.
1: Right. Don't, don't, difference. Forget, don't forget my weekly cold commit wager this week. If he scores a touchdown, yes. this week, uh, I'm donating to, there's a, there's a local charity called Mary's place of Washington and they do like um, shelter and food and um, clothing and whatnot for like families in need. Like a lot of families that may have, you know, because a COVID lost their jobs, whatever it might be. So last week it was jumping in cold water this week. It's um, and it was two touchdowns this week. It's just one touchdown. And um, if you're interested Donating to said charity, um, go check out my Twitter. Uh, it's on there somewhere.
3: This is what I'm yeah. talking about. We all just want, like, we want fantasy love football. <laughs> we all love football, but like we've banded together as a community to do other things for other people. And it's such a yeah. great thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Scott, that's that's awesome. Uh, Chase, shout out to him as well and Dingus for, for doing that. that. That's some super awesome stuff going on in the community. Guys, we're going to get to your questions. We won't leave you hanging. I know there's a couple out there. We'll hit them real quick on our way out. Uh, but before that, I do want to highlight one last good news for the week. And this one goes, uh, shout out to my boys up north uh, at Toronto Dave, man. I hope you're listening tonight. So guys, the oldest tree in Toronto was about to be cut down after, you know, one of those classic land gets sold. Owner wants to chop this 250 year old 78 foot red oak tree, uh, out of his lawn. Uh, but you know, Canada steps up as usual. We we see this time and time again up, of North baby. And, uh, they stepped up the city of Toronto actually purchased this tree and this plot of land around it. And, uh, they bought it back and they're actually going to make it a, a mini park for different people in the community. So super excited about that. Uh, uh you know, j- just another feel good story from up North there. Can't say much more about that. That's oh, awesome. Canada. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate TOS up there, uh, as well. Guys, w- before we get out of here, I- I'll get you back home. I'll get you back to your wives real soon. I promise that. Um, We got a couple of questions coming in I want to hit. Uh, We got one from our boy Carlos, uh, Chris Carson or Cam Akers, and whoever remains, would you prefer them or MT at Flex? I'm going to assume, Carlos, this is PPR. I hope we're playing in PPR by now. No disrespect to standards, but uh, I hope hope this is PPR. Um, uh, Where are you guys on this? Nate, you want to weigh in on this one?
3: So I'm probably starting Carson over Akers in my running back slot, but I'm probably going to go Acres over Michael Thomas in my flex. I mean, if what we saw last week is the truth in LA and Cam Akers really is the number one back, I want Cam Akers starting. Okay, ro- go ahead. Well, I,
2: I'm Akers and MT for sure. I think I'm fine leaving Chris Carson out for now. Really?
0: I think. I mean, Washington, it, it is a tougher matchup. Rams get the Jets. Like, like, the Jets is a is a pretty dope matchup for RBs this season.
3: Yeah, but I don't. I still don't love Michael Thomas. He hasn't been that
0: first-round guy, and I think there's a chance that Akers just has a better game. They're going to need to throw, though. They're, they're going to be behind the Chiefs. There's no doubt about it. At some point, they're going to have to throw. I think I, – I guess – I don't know. I, I think MT has the best floor, but I think I think Cam Akers probably has the most upside. S- Scott, do you have any – can you balance this out here? We seem to be all over the place on this one.
1: Uh, I mean, I would just I, – I personally would rank these players Akers, Carson, Thomas. That's my ranking. I like Akers better than Carson this week.
3: Man, and you're a Seattle guy. Noted.
1: I've been trashing on them all podcasts. I?
3: <laughs> I know, but I didn't think you'd be trashing on Chris Carson. Problem, okay,
1: so here's the deal with Carson. Like there's this, there's some recency bias. He had a great game last week. I have I hadn't seen the Jets play yet this year, like that closely. That was atrocious. Those are some of the biggest holes I've ever seen. I mean, I'm not saying Chris Carson isn't a, isn't a good bat, but they've been given Hyde a lot of play too. And that's True. gonna be that's gonna be a that's just gonna be a tough slate against that defense. So I I trust that Akers is the guy. I trust that now. Um, and I just think, I mean, I guess to put it this way, uh, I would say Akers for ceiling, Carson for floor. I want both the running backs over Thomas, first of all.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got there I, in
3: different ways with the same
0: answer, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I go Acres. I think I go Acres thomas But I, I, I'm a guy who likes three wide receivers in my lineup, I think. Tom, uh, Tom, Seth, Tom,
2: Seth and I agree.
0: <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you're talking to a guy who has my dynasty team. I start four wide receivers every week.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, times are tough, man. I, I don't there's not a lot of good RBs I trust on a week to week basis, I think. Um yeah. sp- speaking of some wide receiver guys, last question here of the night. Uh, this is a hard one for a boy Kashif. Is he going to start uh Calvin Ridley against the Bucks or A-Rob versus the Vikings? PPR league. Scott, why don't you take it away, man?
1: I'm going Ridley in this one.
2: Final answer. I have I a question. Why, wh- like, what league is this that you can't <laughs> start them both? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want number one and number two for sure. I, I mean, I don't know the specifics of your team, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's, so answering that's is it. a vacuum. Yeah, I agree with Ridley, but start them both, please. <laughs> yeah
1: i i i agree i mean i i couldn't see myself i at this point if i if i absolutely in a vacuum had to sit one of these players it's going to be the guy with mitch as his quarterback that's that's where i I mean calvin calvin calvin's a baller so yeah um so that i mean again yeah but like tom said start them both i love what you all said i'm with you
0: i'm with you here too uh Last one. This is the last one. I, I assure you, here, guys. Uh, should I be good at receiver? AJ Brown, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, Brandon <laughs> Brand-
3: Ayuk. Brand- <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and, oh my God! Yes, I am so clutchful. I wish. I wish. I wish what? I had that wide receiver core on my fantasy team. A, I don't. I don't think, <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> win, <laughs> all, dude. You're gonna win all of the championships, dog. Dog, uh, yeah,
1: man. Oh, I wish man. I could get that I'm type sure. of line. I want to see the running backs of this team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like my dynasty team is not looking good because every week I start Metcalf, Juju, um, A. Rob, and I forget why. Can I not remember who my Mike was. Evans? And Mike Evans, yeah. But then my running back core is just James Robinson and Josh Jacobs, pretty much right now. <laughs>
3: That's not a bad running back core, though. I mean, obviously, we don't love Jacobs so much on the show, but James Robinson.
2: Mixon popped off. Mixon is on IR right now, and then I got Akers and Dobbins warming up. I might actually pull Akers off my taxi squad and play him instead of Jacobs this week. No lies.
1: (laughs) Real quick before we move on from that question, can I I tell everybody what one of my biggest pet peeves is in fantasy football? Let's hear it. it. It it was brought to it that, that last question reminded me of it. So just just advice. If if somebody asks you a question and you're you're willing to give people answers and advice and whatnot, um if it if it's a if it's a loaded question like that, don't make fun of how big their league size might be. The the whole yeah. the, the whole oh what do you play in a four-team league? Just get out of here with that shit. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's really simple. All you do is is rephrase the question yourself in your head. Rank these players. Pretend that's what they asked you. Not that who should I sit? Just pre- pretend they asked you to rank those players and move on. I'm sorry, that just bugs the shit out of me when people answer like that. It's not it's
0: not
3: helpful. Oh no, thank you. Same here. Thank you for saying that. Drives me nuts too. I'm in yeah, all uh, I'm in all different sizes of leagues, man.
0: Well, you never know. You
1: just never know with trades and and no. I mean, it just you never know. So just come on. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely uh so it looks like clutch clutchful's running back core is dalvin cook james Robinson, miles gaskin raheem uh yeah man you got a great team there congrats hats off to you for assembling that it's better than most of my teams
2: <laughs> right please, please tweet us your championship trophy as soon as it
1: arrives <laughs> i'm gonna ask clutchful what is this like a four-team league or something
2: <laughs> <laughs> Although on a serious note, if you've never played in a four-team league, please do. It's so good to just look at a stacked roster every week. It's so
3: <laughs> oh yeah, man, confidence booster.
2: Heck no, yeah. I'm
1: playing in this. I'm playing in the silly league with with some family and friends. It's a uh, we started it like mid-season, and it's an eliminator league. So you know, low score goes home each week, and all their players go to the waiver wire. So we're in week fifteen, and man, it's fun. It's fun. It's like, oh, I'm, I think I'm going to prioritize Patrick Mahomes on waivers this week. It is fun if
0: you have a chance to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, th- that was a lot of fantasy content, a lot of life advice content coming to our listeners, to our streamers tonight. Uh, I want to get you back to your wives. So I guess I'll let you go on that. Uh, thank you again for joining us, not just this week, but every week. Scott, we're super excited to have you on moving forward here uh, on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast at In Between Media. Thank you guys again. Let's talk in week 16. Hopefully we, we have some dubs eating by then.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a good night. Yeah. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys.